Hey, Nevin Gorky here, a.k.a. DFib. This episode, we're bringing you a high-impact man. His name is Nate Norman, otherwise known as Postal to his F3 brothers. He's coming from South Carolina. This is a high-impact man because he is a pastor, preacher, leader, motivational speaker, and all-around uh, just entertaining an individual. You're going to love this dude. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the High Impact Man Podcast. High Impact Men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. All right, here we go with another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. I don't know how many of you are there faithful listeners out there listen to our podcast routinely, but that was a new intro, man. What do you think, Dial-Up? I like it. I liked it, too. I yeah. thought it was pretty cool. Spielberg did good work on that one. He did. He did. He put that together. We just added the quotes for those of you that don't know, um, and that was I thought it was really good. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this is the High Impact Man podcast. We bring men on to tell their stories, to motivate, encourage, inspire, and bring hope to guys to become better and more virtuous leaders. And uh, we do it for God's glory. We're going to put it out there. we got a man of God joining us today, Nate Norman, otherwise known as Postal coming to us from South Carolina. Uh, before we get started, though, I'll let you know, my name is Nevin Gorky. I am known as DFib in the gloom to my F3 brothers. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Troy Klinger, known as Dial-Up in the gloom. And uh, Dial-Up, we were just talking, but uh, you didn't see it yet, but the U.S. men kicked off the World Cup today against uh, Wales. In great fashion, I hear. Yeah, yeah. They, they did not look good, in my opinion. I saw... Uh I was able to come down from my office just for a little while and watch probably five minutes leading up to their first goal. So I did see their first goal, which was uh, a really nice, pretty it was pretty run of play. Yeah. Uh, and uh, sounds like after that, it didn't go so well. Yeah. So, um, you know, my, my problem with the U.S. soccer is a few things. But, you know, we just technically skill, technical skills and tactical understanding just isn't quite there with the rest of the world. Uh, we got good athletes, and they put out, man. They really work hard. seemed like we were still slow on the attack. Like, Wales was parking the bus, and we would draw them out, and then we would just slowly build. But by that point, we were in too deep into our attacking third that it was yeah, not, not easy to score. No, no, it wasn't. The one time we scored was a really nice uh, build-up of play. And Christian Pulisic, who played left wing, came into the center, and he, he uh, created the, the opportunity, and the guy... Uh, Way, way, uh, W-E-A-H, W-E-A-H, he scored a nice goal. But anyway, uh, the World Cup is kicked off, so that sort of gives you an understanding of what time we're recording this. This episode will air in about two weeks mm-hmm. um, from now, so we're recording it ahead of time. So in a timeline fashion, chronologically, you'll know where we are. Uh, but uh, let's go, USA, on Friday, which is Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving, they play England. That could be, uh, it could be bad. Could be bad. Could be ugly. It could be ugly. But we shall see. Because yeah. they put a whooping on... Uh, Iran. Iran today, right? Yeah. Iran. They ran. They ran. <laughs> I was trying to think of something. Like flock of seagulls. Yeah, flock of seagulls. Yeah. Iran, right? Yeah, that's right. So far away. Good job. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, Nate Norman joins us. Known as Postal in the Gloom to his F3 brothers. F3 stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith. Uh, the... Uh, Workout group is not really just a workout group. This is a leadership development program because its mission is to plant, grow, and serve small workout groups for the invigoration of male community leadership. We do that in a number of ways. 
Uh, but this guy that's come on today, man, he is a high-impact man. We brought him on because other people recommended him. So, Postal, uh, I'm going to, if it's okay with you, I'm going to read your a little bit of bio that you sent me, and then we'll bring yeah. you in, okay? So, he sent me a two-parter because he sent me the first part, and I said, well, that's really good. You got anything more? And he sent me some other stuff. So, here it is uh, in Postal's own words. Former listless drifter waiting on something good to happen type of dad. Was burnt out and visionless for my family and future. F3, all three Fs, recalibrated my purpose and passion. I now live on mission and seek to help other men discover true north. And then later he sent me a father of three, married for 15 years. He's 10 years as a pastor and equipper of men, helping men conquer the gray man, which we'll talk about later. F3 helped me take the listlessness out of my life. Went from couch potato to 10 times Spartan finisher and athlete. Jesus, positivity in F3 changed my life. Postal, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Were you guys, were y'all talking about soccer? Is that what that was? <laughs> Not a soccer fan? I, I have forbidden all of my kids to play soccer. We're just uh, not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good Did luck with that. Us on the wrong foot. Episode yeah. canceled. <laughs> I'm like, here's your choices. You get baseball, basketball, you get the run of the mill sports, but we're not playing soccer because I can't watch it. So there it is. <laughs> Well, you know, I thought the same thing when my kids were young. And my daughter is the oldest, so she started playing before my son. Well, you know, for girls, it's like football for girls because there is no football for girls. Although right. now girls can play rugby. But uh, anyway, that was kind of cool. Then my son started playing. And what's interesting about soccer is that you could start playing at like age four or five and get out there and you're kicking the ball around and, and moving. Uh, and uh, baseball, you really can't do that. It's, they got to get a little bit older before they could pick that up. Football, kind of the same thing. Basketball, kind of the same thing. you got to be a little bit bigger to be able to really dribble and shoot the ball. So soccer really appeals to the younger kids. And then my kids got into it. Next thing you know, non-soccer player dad, me, I'm coaching and, you know, all that stuff. So typical stuff. Traveling many weekends a year. It just brought you in, man. Once they got in, you were you were roped in. Yeah, they said, yes, I'm available to coach the team. Right. They said, here's the bag of balls. Here's the pennies. Here's the cones. Good luck. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah. I know too well man but I've forbidden it alright well good luck with that <laughs> how old are your kids uh, my kids are uh, 8, 9, and 11 right now eight, well, hey, if you made it that far without them playing then you're, you're, you're in good shape Yeah. they don't even know soccer exists right now so we're okay alright that's awesome <laughs> do they play football uh, we wrestle and play volleyball and baseball alright wrestlers Wrestlers. <laughs> I mean, how are you ever supposed to look, look up to the icons like Macho Man Randy Savage? Oh, and, I love Macho Man. <laughs> if you don't know what wrestling is, you know. Oh my lord! Okay, so I grew up in the '80s, and Macho Man was my favorite. All right, check this out. My aunt lived next door to Sting. Uh, coming up, yeah. And uh, we went to Thanksgiving one year. She was in Atlanta, and I went over and I held the championship belt after he beat Big Van Vader. Wow! You know, way back in the nineties. And we went outside, and Sting's outside, and we wave across the street to a guy named Tom, and it was Tom Glavin from the Braves. Oh wow! And I'm like, what world am I am I in right now? Right. Dusty Rhodes comes riding up on a monster truck, and I'm like, this is not real. This is not real. <laughs> Wow! And my 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 just drive to just one day be in a, a, a hell in the cell with the Undertaker and you know, <laughs> Mick Foley and you know. and now wrestling, of course, it, it is what it is. But back then, it was it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, how old are you? I'm 37. 
Yeah, so you know all those guys. My son was into it, so he knows all those guys. I stopped watching somewhere around the time that Hulk Hogan, but he didn't stop. He kind of went over to the other, or I don't know. It was WWF, then it was WWE, then they got a bunch yeah, of other they, Ws. And they took I, that storyline way too far. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm thinking like early 90s, I stopped kind of paying attention to professional wrestling. But my son picked it up later on, and of course he's at, then all of a sudden all the iconic guys, you know, from the 80s start coming. But Sting's back, I think. Right. In whatever, you know, I think there's a couple different organizations, but he's back in one of them or whatever. So, yeah, they never go away forever. Hmm. And and, and the, the Nature Boy has made a comeback. The Nature Boy? Wow. Yeah, the Nature Boy. He doesn't wrestle now, but he's, like, become, I don't know, iconic. Like a know? manager or something? Or, no, like, how do they bring no, these guys no. back at this age? I don't know. They just celebrate them somehow. I don't know. I don't huh. watch it anymore. Do you still watch it, Postal? No, no, that's 20 years ago. I left yeah. the line. Yeah. It, it still, you know, there was a part of me back then that was like, man, this this was awesome. And then that day you find out it's all fake. You're like, no, it's not <laughs> fake. You know, it's real. Yeah. And then your, your dreams come crashing down and, and then you go on to live the rest of your life believing the lie. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like Santa Claus, man. Yeah. Hey, listen, I watched Jimmy Superfly snook a fly in person in Scranton, okay? Back in the eighties, he really could jump. That dude could get off the. He got. He jumped really high, crossed the ring, and back then that was a big deal. Now everyone's jumping off the top rope. They're doing right. flips and stuff up there yeah. now. But yeah, now it's gymnastics. Ah, anyway, let's get on on with the show. So, Postal, <laughs> um, tell us how long you been involved with F three. Who eh? How'd you get in there? And how'd you get your name? Okay, so it's all kind of interconnected. Um, we lived in in West Columbia for a while, and. I got a flyer in the mailbox and guys on this flyer, you know, you know, the, the pulse of F3 nation, you know, who's there. And there's always that one guy. And anyway, on whoever made this flyer, it said free invigorating mail workout. And I'm like, no way. You know, so I posted on the refrigerator and I was going to go show my wife. I'm like, look at this group, this group of guys. So they're meeting at five 15 in the morning outside for a free invigorating male workout or your money back guaranteed or something like that, you know? <laughs> so she, she's like, you should go. And no man wants to hear that from his wife. Right? <laughs> no one wants to hear it. Maybe you should think about working out. sweetheart. <laughs> so she gently uh, pulled that flyer out. Now I took the flyer in my hand out to the gloom for the first time. And I'm like, guys, I'm here for the free invigorating male workout. Mm-hmm. And nobody brought me. I just showed up to this thing. Didn't know squat about F3. Everybody had the cute nicknames. I brought a water. You know, they didn't take breaks. So I thought we were going to get like some kind of intermission. I didn't know it was 45 <laughs> minutes. I didn't know what we were doing. Nobody told me anything. Right? Uh-huh. I jump in. I, I, I go out quick. I blow my load. I throw up. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never coming back here again. I've embarrassed myself. They, you know, they... I don't have these cool, I don't have a cool nickname. Everybody's got, they're like friends and stuff. And uh, so I go to the end, they call me to the middle and they make me tell something about myself, as you guys know. And I'm like, I'm covered with corn and spaghetti <laughs> on my shirt. And I got this flyer in my hand, right? And so they're like, we're just going to have to call you Postal. Because uh, oh. you, you went Postal and you got the flyer in your hand, so we're going to call you Postal. Nice. And that's, that's how I got to start, man. Oh, that's classic. That is so cool. That's a good one. Yeah. You left your mark. Yeah, the good one for who, bro? Yeah. <laughs> they could have called you all kinds. Of, they could have called you Upchuck, you know, um, Ralph. <laughs> How many guys were there at your first beatdown? There might have been 20 guys there. Oh, I started okay. at a group called Detention. 
And uh, they were going strong at that time, man. And Kendall was over our region at, at that time. And I uh, was rocking and rolling. And so it was about 20 guys. And I just saw they had like some sort of weird drone men fraternity going on, you know? <laughs> Oh, that's like, so this cool. Is, this is weird. I'm never coming back. And I didn't even tell them I had a Twitter. They were like, hey, you got a Twitter handle? I'm like, nah, because I thought they were all creepers, man. You know, I'm like, weird <laughs> So like six months later, after I, I realized they were okay and not going to stop me, I gave them my Twitter handle and I became inundated in the nation. There you go. So did you go back right away? Or because you said you were thinking about, I'm not going to, I'm out of here. Like, did you go back right away or did you take a break and then start later or? I didn't go back immediately. I saw uh, one of the guys that was there at my church. And he's like, man, you should come back. I'm like, okay, he's normal. He's got a family. He's got a wife. He's got kids. <laughs> he doesn't drive a van. He, he's okay, you know? And so I was like, all right, maybe I'll go check it back out. But you got to go with me because I'm nervous now, uh-huh. you know? Or maybe we could go to a different group because I've really messed this one up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. What, what region is that? That's in F3 Lexington. F3 Lexington. All right, in South Carolina. That's, yes, sir. that's very cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know where we go from there. That's awesome. How about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Postal. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, we're uh, I, you and I are a little bit similar. I, I didn't get EH'd by anybody. My wife saw on a Facebook uh, post, I think it was, where we lived down in Florida, and she said, you should go do this. So same story, man. I showed up on my own, didn't know anybody. I didn't splash Merlot. I didn't yak. And my first workout, I almost passed out a few times. You didn't work hard enough, apparently. Well, so I don't usually get to throwing. <laughs> I, I get to passing out before I get to throwing up. Like, literally, like the tunnel vision, like I got to go down kind of thing. That happens before before anything comes up for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Consider yourself blessed. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Passing out isn't that so would, cool. That would have left quite a mark, too, if you just leaned over and went down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could have come up with all kinds of names How for me about then. it? Yeah. <laughs> When I, was in, when I was in basic training, we got in trouble toward the end of the first eight weeks of boot camp. Uh, that we got our first pass. We got a three-hour pass to go across the street to the PX. And they told us everybody can only have one beer. And so one of the guys who I was friends with from South Carolina, he got a letter in the mail that day or the day before. I think it was that day from his girlfriend saying she's pregnant. So he was like in shock, but he wanted to celebrate. So we get over there. Now, one beer, they didn't say how big. And they had these giant cups. They had to be like 32-ounce beers. And, uh, and so everyone was celebrating by, you know, they're drinking more than one. I was drinking other people's that couldn't finish it. Cause I had back then, you know, I was 18, but I drank a lot, but you know, at that point I was, so I had a pretty good, uh, tolerance. So I was, yeah, I kept going. But anyway, we had a platoon leader who was like 30 years old or something like a former Marine. And he, he we called him Pappy. So we get back <laughs> and the next morning he tells the Sunday morning, he tells the drill sergeant that we all drank too much. He actually did that. So uh, the drill sergeant then took us downstairs in formation and put us through these up-downs. You know, it's almost like like burpees, but without the, the – well, we were doing Merkins too. We were doing, you know, drop down, up, down, up, down, up, 20 Merkins, you know, that kind of thing. Till so more than half the platoon w- was out in the grass uh, throwing up. I didn't make it out there to throw up, but I almost passed out. I, I started going down. I hit the ground pretty hard, but it woke me up. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be telling stories. Our guests should be, but that's, that was, that's me. I pass out. I don't throw up. You learned your lesson, though? Maybe if I pass out, I will throw up then, but I haven't ever gotten that far. Yeah. I, w- I wake up pretty quick. All right, Postal, so tell us, where did you grow up? And you know, where, where did you spend your childhood? What was that like? What was your family like? I grew up here in the South, and uh, I took off when I was 18 to go to California. I had a illustrious dream of, you know, 
being a, a stunt double or, you know, playing baseball for the Trojans or all of which I couldn't do, but I was like, I'm going to go make something of myself. And so I left California and, and got back home in 2006 to South Carolina and I kind of just worked my way through California and tried to come home a few times, but didn't have the money. And, and dad was just not going to bail me out. He was just, he was going to leave me there, whatever mistakes I had made until I could find a way back. And, and in hindsight, you look back and you're like, man, that was, that was good. You know, if he would have just bailed me out from some of those situations that I'd landed in, I wouldn't have learned my lessons. So I stayed out there for two years, came back with an associate's degree. And um, I grew up pretty Southern, but not as Southern as the redneck, you know, the, the stereotypical squatted truck, tennis ball antenna redneck. You know, right. I, I didn't grow up quite that country. So I was a latecomer to the redneck arena. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've since made my entrance. And I'm doing I'm faring OK in the redneck arena, but I'm still a little too city for their likings. <laughs> so I, I just I blend in OK, but I can wear camo, but I don't wear it to church, you know, so. <laughs> Half and half, you know. One foot uh, in, one yeah. foot out. Yeah. Okay, I got to go back. Did you say? Did you say squatted truck redneck? So yeah, you know how it's, it's yeah, yeah, back, yeah. I, back wheels heavy, front wheels up, and they drive. Yeah, you know. that's 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 redneck down your neck of the woods. Yeah, squatted truck is is for real redneck down here, bro. Really? Okay. It's, it, am I offending you? I said no, 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 no offense taken. Up, up here, the rednecks. It's just it's purely about jacking it up, like you know, big, you know, high. We're just tires redneck, and stuff like redneck that. wannabes. I've up never here, I've know. never heard the squatted trucks associated with. They call it redneckism. The Carolina squat. All right, so maybe it's a regional thing. The Carolina squat. Redneck. It's a. It's yeah. Anyway. All right, I learned something new. Good to know. Now, you say you grew up in the South. Was it South Carolina? Yes, sir. Yeah, I grew up here in Columbia and uh, moved over to Lexington. And, um, you know, Columbia is kind of – you got the Gamecocks, you got the city field, you got the college town. Yeah. And and then you got, you know, Lexington and Gilbert and the far-out regions. And, and, and you know, I'm kind of in the middle. Like I said, not, not a super huge redneck, but not a super huge city boy. And California took a lot of that southern out of me anyway. I went out there saying y'all and I think I <laughs> – I wrote a paper, my first college paper, and I, I wrote the word H A F T A in my paper, and he circled <laughs> it and gave have it to, back to me. To. And uh, he's like, "This is not a word." I said, "Sir, this is a word. We use it all the time. I have to go over here and get something." H A F T A. It's, it's still a, it, gets its word. It's a southern contraction, is what it is. He, he didn't <laughs> buy that. He wasn't buying that. So, what kind of he, things did you do in California? Well, I, I ended up in a Bible college, man. It was a, uh, a work-study Bible college. It was free, and that's how I got there because I was broken. I was trying to come home and, uh, you know, ended up there. And it, I worked 40 hours a week in construction and then took classes for the Bible at night. It was the weirdest college in the world. And they were working on getting accredited at the time, and basically that means they weren't accredited so they could do what they wanted and treat their students how they wanted, right? Yeah. So. We worked, worked our hands to the bone and, and got a decent education in the Bible, man. And I, I, it was just a weird thing, you know. And I graduated with an associate's degree. And uh, what good it's done me, I don't know. But, you know, I can't use it to go and say, hey, can y'all take a transcript from this bootleg college that I went to in California? <laughs> Nobody will recognize it at this point. Uh, does so, it still exist? It's called Joshua Springs Bible College. I, I think they have a different name now because they're accredited now. Wow. They weren't accredited when I went there. I got there, dude, and the dorms for the guys, they were building some dorms, but the first dorm, the temporary dorm was a single wide trailer. And I'm like, I'm used to this. I can handle a single <laughs> wide trailer. 
we're sitting on the porch night one. I didn't have any money. I'm, I'm out in this California desert. It was right here, 29 Palms Marine Base, Joshua Tree National Forest, beautiful Joshua Trees where that U2 album was filmed. Yeah. And uh, so we're, I'm sitting on the porch, I'm eating popcorn, I drop one, and a rat comes from inside the trailer and grabs his popcorn and goes back in. I'm like, well, cool, man. And so the guy that was sitting with me, he's like, that's nothing, watch this. And he takes a whole handful and throws his popcorn across the desert. And the rats are coming from under the house, inside the house, around the bushes, just different, all sorts of rats, you know, big ones, small ones, fat ones, skinny ones. And, and I'm like, what, what's going on? Y'all just let them live in there? And he's like, yeah, they just they just stay in there. And I'm like, well, what, what happened? Where do you sleep? He's like, they just sleep everywhere. Wherever they're at, they sleep. And I'm like, my gracious. Like, I'm from the south, but this is weird, you know? This is strange. That sounds like shooting target practice right there. That no, targets for target practice. Yeah. If you're driving a squatty truck, you better be shooting those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh. cool. So what did you do after that? You came back home. What happened? So I came back home with an associate's degree and uh, ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. We, uh, we got married and I, you know, I told her, I said, you know, I'm never coming back. You know, I'm, I'm going to make something of myself, but ended up coming back and marrying her, which was great. And thank God that he had a plan for my life with that. And um, got to the ministry early on, started a little youth church uh, right there and started preaching to the kids, man. I always, always was very high energy and, you know, big, big fist bump type of guy. And so I felt like I, I didn't fit in good with adults. So I needed to work with the students, you know. So I started working with students and started preaching and, and that kind of evolved into like a young adults and then it evolved into me getting ordained and becoming a pastor and then just just, just teaching from there. And guys, I've never been good at, at, at you know, public speaking or, or anything like that, but it's like when I open my mouth for God and when I begin to flow in those giftings, it's like the cogs just kind of clicked in mm. and I was able to function in this gifting that, that otherwise I wasn't able or didn't know I had. And so that was really cool to see, man. It's just this development of this gift that God had put in me. And when I used it to glorify him and to lift him up, it's like I was meant to do it. And I just felt his His pleasure. And I felt his, his, his blessing on my life when I did that. So I did that for 10 years and it was awesome. And I love it. And even to this day, I hope that the Lord opens back up doors for opportunities of ministry and we changed churches, and so I stepped down from the pulpit, and uh, I still speak, you know, once a month, twice a month, something like that. But hopefully, I'll get on the road and start sharing some stories here again. <laughs> well, what what uh, what do you do now as a pastor? If you're not a preaching pastor, what do you do? I run a life group. Uh, it's a just a uh, first time guest to our church. Basically, they they come to church and they don't have anywhere to connect in. So we run about forty. Uh, every semester that people that haven't gotten connected to a life group and we just kind of get them ready to hopefully lead their own. Some people stay and some people go on to start their own, which is the ultimate goal coming to a life group. You would hope that they would replicate, go on, lead other groups. And so we run that every semester. We just call it join the journey, which means you got to start somewhere. You got to get in here and you got to start serving. And you guys know this about church, man. People just come, you know, they just, they just come. And, and rarely ever does it translate to them putting their hands on something. But if, if you would realize the benefit of actually contributing to the body of Christ, you, could, you would realize that this is not about you and your entire church experience would change, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, my dog's barking. She's part that's of, cool. That's, yeah. that's Belle. She's part of the podcast now. So what kind of church is it? I go through the Assemblies of God now. I came from Calvary Chapel. I don't know if you're familiar with Calvary Chapel. 
but it's a, it's a Bible-based church. It was great, man. Love it, man. It's just, that's where I learned to love the word of God and to cut my teeth on the word of God and uh, went to the symbolism of God now. And it was very different. I was expected to go in and then be like zip lining from the rafters and, you know, you know <laughs> everywhere. And I was just expecting it to be just, just chaotic, you know, but it was so balanced. And our, our pastor was just so good that I was like, okay, I'm going to stop looking for red flags and I'm going to actually go and enjoy this. And I told my wife recently, you know, we've thought about moving to another church or, or, or going here. And somebody asked me the other day, they said, well, where do you feel like you fit in? I said, buddy, I can go to Our Lady of the Fields Catholic Church, or I can go to the Lutheran Church, or I can go to the Sinless of God, or I can go to Calvary Chapel or Baptist Church. It doesn't matter because I can go there and high five and hug and handshake and make coffee and turn on lights and open doors and love people and love Jesus any place that I end up in doesn't matter to me you know as long as we agree on you know the majors of the gospel i can i can tell yeah all right um that's so your faith journey when did it start like when did you accept christ when did you become a christian so i i was the bible belt down here is just it's a big thing you know mm-hmm. everybody's a, a christian in south carolina mm-hmm. we all go to church you can't go a mile without seeing 15 churches in south carolina they're everywhere so we always prayed over our food we always had a form of godliness and i don't think i made it my own until i was in california yeah and uh i i got in trouble in california at this bible college i was at I was on this work study program and I worked the construction team and they gave me the keys to all the campus vehicles. I was supposed to fuel them up each week. And so as I was going to fuel them up, I decided I was going to have a little R and R, you know, a little much needed rest and relaxation. So I took that church vehicle or that, that college vehicle and I just rode around town. I was going to different restaurants. I was going to go bowling. I was going to catch a movie. I was going to do some things, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Somebody reported this vehicle as being missing, and uh, so they reported it stolen. So I got in trouble. I got busted right long before I finished my my needed R and R. How dare they and, interrupt it? Yeah, I, I had plans. I was going to bring it back. I wasn't to steal it, you know. Right. So I, they called my dad, and uh, you know, he basically told the the dean of students, he's like, I'm I'm not going to bring him home. Y'all need to work out a problem with him to, to fix this, work out a punishment. He'll do his, his, his punishment. So they put me on a community service in a Bible college. I'm like, this is slavery. You know, <laughs> this is ungodly. God would not approve of this. You know? So they had this, uh, it's like a hula. It's a, it's a blade, a fixed blade on a stick and you run it, through the dirt and it cuts weeds and then you rake the desert to make it look pristine, uh-huh. I guess. They don't have grass. So I'm out there hula hoeing this campus, man, and I'm just scraping weeds. Hula hula hoeing? Hula hoeing. <laughs> it's not an actual name. I don't know what the actual name is. We call it a hula ho. Alright. <laughs> and it's it's just a fixed blade on a stick and you run it and cut weeds and rake them out, all right? And, I'm going to have to find you the actual name now. So I'm out there doing this community service. Yeah, Google it. I'm looking, I'm looking this up to see if I can find it. this comes up nudie pics, I'm so sorry. I don't know what Google is. It could. Uh. Your wife's like, did you Google hula hoop? What is this? Like, I'm sorry. It's a a very religious thing. (laughs) 
All right, so you so, got in trouble. Go ahead. So I'm out here doing this community service, and I'm 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 scraping these weeds, and I'm 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 frustrated. I'm mad. I'm and I'm not mad at the college or or verified, right? Verified. Yeah, yes. All right. So a, for those are really for those who are listening, dial up. Did Google it? We it's, got a picture of the hula hoe. It's actually called an oscillating hoe. There you go. Hula I, I think better. I've known a few of those. I like hula. <laughs> This is going. This is going south in a hurry. Uh, I'm sorry, hula ho. I like hula ho way better than oscillating ho. But anyway, me too, man. If somebody <laughs> told me I went to the sheds for oscillating ho, you know, you don't tell them what I'm coming back with, bro. I, okay, so <laughs> dad hung you out to dry. You're doing the hula hoing, and uh, and then what? <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm scraping these weeds, man, and the, the dirt is incredibly hard. It's like concrete. It's just not yielding. You know, it's not, it's not working. And, of course, I'm not good at it. never done it before in my life. And I'm just mad, man. I'm having it out with God. I'm throwing a hissy fit, you know. I'm, just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm upset with him. I'm upset with, with the, the whole thing, everything that's going on in my life. And Hosea 10, 12 kind of came flooding to me right then and there. And it was um, – so for yourselves in righteousness, man, break up the fallow ground of your heart and, and the Lord will rain righteousness upon you. And, and in that moment, I felt like that was me in my relationship to God, that I had been this, this unyielding dirt, this, this hard clay, this unmoldable thing to my parents, to this college, to, to even my girlfriend at the time, uh, to, to everyone who had ever tried to mentor me. I was just unyielding. I was a very hard person to deal with. And so I felt the, the softening of the soil take place in my life and um, the, the work of God begin to happen. And so for me, I felt like that was my salvation experience. And I don't think all my problems went away at that time. It was just, I began to unfurl my fist and say, okay, yeah. God, I'm going to give you a little bit more access to the soil of my heart and let you begin to cultivate it. And you begin to work it. Mm. The spirit hula hold your spirit. Man. I was going to say he needed hula hood. Yeah. There's a sermon in there. That's right. right. It certainly is. Well, that's pretty cool. I I, uh, I kind of had a similar experience, but I'm not going to talk about that now. I, that's uh, coming to sort of coming to faith, a real faith, a meaningful faith, where I submit myself to Jesus at a later later in life, kind of like kind of like you just experienced. And so, yeah, that's really cool. And now and now you're serving him, and you've been serving him, uh, you know, and uh, directly as a pastor and uh, holding out the gospel. That's really awesome. Um, so now the, uh, the, the fitness aspect, when you, you said you played, you play, uh, you wanted to play for the Trojans. So did you play baseball in high school? Did you play all the sports? I played baseball all the way up and I uh, didn't really deviate much from baseball, you know, made all stars and played Legion ball a little bit here. And, you know, baseball's big in the South and, yeah. you know, I was 165 pounds and five foot 11 heading to California. And you meet some of the people that are actually playing the baseball and, you know, six foot five, 240. I'm like, I'm not bred for this sport apparently. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always loved athleticism. And over the course of, of, of getting married and the ministry, and, and having kids, you, you, you let you let priorities go. You guys know this, and, and that's the tendency. I kind of mentioned this to you in the text message. The tendency of a man is to go gray. It's to go listless in some of those areas. And so when F3 came along, I needed that back in my life. I needed that that a man needs something to put his hands on, whether that be his, his career or his passions or his ministry or his marriage or his fitness. He needs an element to put his hands on. You were made to work. You were made to produce you were made to be passionate about something Amen. 
our tendency is just to, to, to not address any of those areas that we need to put our hands on, just fall back and let them all see what happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's what it is. It is what it is. Right. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to exist. I'm just doing my thing. That's what happens to men. So if you don't bring fitness back or faith back or fellowship back, even those things will go dormant and they just will not exist in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So when you, uh, when you got involved with F3, obviously you weren't as fit as you are now, I guess, because you, you splashed Merlot the first time. How, how fit were you? Were you overweight? Were you just out of shape? I had about 30 pounds that I probably could have lived just, just not exercising, you know, just being the average male, the dad bod, right? Yeah. Yeah. So back then it just wasn't acceptable. And now it's cool. I'm like, man, 15, 10 years ago, that would have been awesome. It was cool, you know? But, but I just had a, 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 a a non-interest in working out, man, a non-interest in doing anything. You know, you kind of come home, I worked at a jail at the time, and you come home, you get on the couch, and you just get through the day. And then you do it again the next day, right? And you drink or whatever you do to to cope for your life. And you eat what you want, you drink what you want, you sit for as long as you want. And that creates a type of male on the earth, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What we control is, uh, you know, what we put into our bodies and what we do with our bodies, right? What we watch, what we do. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, what is your, uh, your your routine like now? How how many days a week do you post? So I I've, I've recently moved over to uh, a little bit of weight training, and so I still kind of hit F three as it as I as I can here and there, two days a week, you know, or or as it comes. And I've been trying to add in on a little bit of muscle. And so you guys, know, sometimes with the the, the Merkins and sometimes with the, the, the bricks, you can't get the goals that you want. So I had ran for so many years and F3 was the, the catalyst, you know, the P200s, man, the damn to damn relays and the, the Blue Ridge relays. I don't know if you guys have those out there, but running became the thrust and I was just losing some weight and losing some weight and getting smaller and smaller. I'm like, man, I kind of want to. I kind of want to get thick and juicy again, you know, (laughs) I started started shaping my, my cues to have uh, a a more element of um, weight gain in it. You know, let's, let's actually fatigue this muscle. Let's get stronger. And I I work for the power company now and I cut a telephone pole about five and a half feet and I called it Kelly. And I started taking this telephone pole around and leading these workouts to try to get this, uh, this ideology of let's move away from this running and get into some strength training of F3. And, and it was great for a while. And so now I just call it a hybrid. I just kind of do a little bit of both, a little bit of running, a little bit of F3, a little bit of strength training. Yeah. I want to be functional in all the areas. Yeah. That's really good. I, I've, uh, I think every, most regions kind of go that way. The, for whatever reason, running seems to take over the majority of, uh, the, the excitement what people mostly because it doesn't require equipment. But we did the Blue Ridge Relay. Uh, I did it two years ago. Dialip did it two years ago and this year. And we just did a Tussie Mountain 50. So, yeah, the whole, that whole running thing, we, we're familiar with that. Uh, the P200, that's down in South Carolina, right? The Palmetto? Right. 200. That starts here in Columbia and goes to the coast. Yeah. And that's a great race, too. And then, you know, uh, Juice and Paper Jam from our region, they have the Dam to Dam, and that's down here, too. And that's a one-day event. I love that one. That one's fantastic. You don't have to get sleep in a van. You know, you don't have to wake up at a fire station in the middle of the night eating a baked potato wondering <laughs> when the next day is. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. We, I, we where are the effing bands? Man. Yeah, and I, oh, yeah. That's, that's where that happened. Yeah. I, so we, we know exactly what yeah, you're talking we, about, we, man. We're, we're at that fire station. So that's a, that's a van exchange at the Blue Ridge Relay. 
and the, the other van was off and running and we were, we had, that was our downtime. So that was where all the vans parked there. Everyone's trying to get some sleep. And I think I told this story before. It's okay. You can tell but, it again because uh, it's, it's pretty had, funny. Uh, there wasn't enough room in the van for everybody. And I thought, well, all right, I'll take my, I brought my sleeping bag. I'll go outside and sleep. Then I was told, well, the grass is good because the dew was so cold up in the mountains. The grass is too wet. You can't lay your sleeping bag in the grass. Like, well, okay. So then they had this, you know, paved sidewalk behind the, you know, the fire company where the vans were. So I lay my darn sleeping bag on there and I didn't sleep at all. I'm laying on asphalt. I can't get comfortable. It's freezing cold. I got the, the cover for the sleeping bag wrapped around my head trying to stay warm. And, uh, and in, the, in the morning, I had a pee so bad and I just didn't want to get out of that darn sleeping bag because it was so cold. I finally picked my head up. The sun had come up and all the vans were gone. All yeah. of them. There were a ton of vans. Like, there were like, I don't know how many vans. There was like a zillion vans. And our van was like the only one there. And I think I popped my head up and said, where did all the bleeping vans go? <laughs> or something like that. And I didn't know that one of our guys was sleeping next to me. So he just burst out laughing. But anyway, that was our experience. So we know all about the that baked potato stop. They do have good baked potatoes. It is a good baked potato. You can get a shower I, I've there. I've had one both years, yeah. You took a shower? I didn't get a chance to take a shower this year there. G-Ray went and soaked his legs in the ice cold yeah. for some yeah. unknown reason. But Good yeah, times. Yeah, we're familiar with that. All right, so the yeah the running aspect kind of kind of took over uh, a lot of the regions, but uh, we have something called Horsepower Fridays where we try to do. Uh, that's where you could use the the cinder blocks, the coupons, and other workouts. But that's uh, pr- uh, Fridays we primarily do that kind of stuff. Uh, but we don't have anything. We don't have any pole telephone poles or anything. No one's got any. We have a big we have a big tire. Yeah, we have a big tire that we can nobody's do some been tire used flipping. for a while. It's, Yeah, it's been a little while since we've used that. But, yeah, so we have yeah we have like Horsepower Fridays. That's a strength training day. Yeah. And then, uh, what, two days a week or generally two to three days a week or uh, well, Mondays and Tuesdays boot, are running. Boot camp style, right. Monday and Tuesdays are, are purely running. Thursdays then, has evolved into running, although it wasn't necessarily that right. to start with. It yeah. can vary a little bit, but, yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah, so it's, it's a decent mix. But All right. you're right, running. Yeah, but I had the same thing. So, we, I was like, so I the message is we got to be careful, not too much running. Not too much running. Not too much Jackie Legan. You've got to be uh, balanced, right? Yeah. So I, I uh, a similar experience there post like recently, I looked at myself in the mirror. I said, but I got I to gotta work on some muscle mass here because um, although I'm not a great runner, that's predominantly what my, you know, you do the Merkins and stuff like that. But as you said, you're not going to get a lot of muscle mass with that, although you could, you could put on some. Um, but that doesn't hit everything, right? It doesn't hit your back. And I'm looking in the mirror and my traps got smaller. I used to have bigger traps and stuff like that. So I started lift. I lifted today, Dial. Can you tell? Yeah, I can see. See the pythons? You're, you're jacked. Are they getting bigger? <laughs> 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 but anyway, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And, and so for those of you who don't, you can't, well, you don't know because you're only listening, but Postal has a shirt that says no Bible, no barbell. So that goes to your point of yeah. balance, right? Yep. Tell us, yeah. Tell us about the the meaning behind your shirt, dude. Just for, just with the shirt too, as well as well as with F three, man. And even in, outside of F three and outside of fitness, in our marriages, in our ministry, in our careers, balance across the board, right? You isolate to one area, you become a powerhouse in one area and neglect four others. Yeah. And this, it, you know, everybody's like, well, it, you know, why are you going away from this, or why are you going away from running? I'm not going away from anything. I just want to be well-rounded in my fitness. I want to be able to run 40 yards and lift heavy weights. I want to be able to curl blocks and do 50 merkins. You know, I want to be able to do healthy things. And so balance across the board for sure. And uh, to this point too, I think we drift towards running because we have events for it. We have things, we have, we have this camaraderie around running 
and it makes these events, you have shirts, you have this whole pulse around it, but there also needs to be this heartbeat and this pulse and this spearheading of other things too. And so anyway, yes, the balance and the shirt, no Bible, no barbell, man. Uh, it's just a code for me. This My code is if I don't get one, I don't get the other. So I want to wake up every day. I want to hit that alarm, you know, 4 a.m., whatever time it goes off. I want to get in some Bible study. I want to, before I drink my coffee, before I, you know, start my day or, or whatever it is I do, I want to get that Bible in first things first. And, and guys, we, we should never modify what matters the most. I want to, I'm going to modify Merkin's fine. I'm going to modify this and skip a workout fine. You should never modify what matters the most. And for me, that is the Bible. No Bible, no barbo. no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no business. Wow. Right. And it, Start first things first and then roll your day. And, and for me, it, it works as a domino effect. I'm starting on a win. I'm starting on connecting my spiritual life and then my business life can connect in and then my fitness life can connect in and the dominoes just clink, 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 clink down the line. But by, by nine o'clock, I've got 10 wins under my belt and I'm feeling like a king, you know? I love it. I love yeah. it. No Bible, no barbell, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no business. That's right. That's awesome. Put that on a shirt. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, you should go back to preaching because you're great at it. <laughs> Dude, if, if the Lord opens up that door, man, I'll do it. I thought that um, well, you're preaching right ministry here. might be a thing. You know, like if I travel around and, and, and speak at different engagements, we'll see. But, you know, those are doors you can't just kick in. You can't kick that door open and say, I'm going to go speak, you know, on a circuit. You just have to wait for God to open those doors. And when they come, they come. Well, I have a prediction. People are going to listen to this podcast and say, we got to get that guy involved. Yeah. How about it? Yeah. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah, man. He's ready. He's ready, <laughs> F3 Nation. Get, get Postal out there. All right. Let's so you did, uh, you did uh, uh, some Spartan races, like 10 Spartan races? Yeah. I just did one Saturday. Did the Beast, man. And it was, it was fantastic, man. It was dude, it was so great the, just the way that God worked it out. My cousin was with me. He was doing his first run. He fell at mile four off the monkey rings and injured his back. But I kind of, I kind of gave him the ultimate. I said, "Are we calling a medic, medevac, or are we going to finish the race?" He's like, "We're going to finish." So it turned into this slow, you know, slow crawl through the rest of this thirteen mile race. And every obstacle we came to, I saw that he was struggling, man. But we got through it, and it just took for forever to make it those last ten miles. But I got to the spear throw at mile eleven, and I sunk the spear throw, and then I hear my daughters uh, yelling. Uh, across the way actually my wife says my actual name i think she was saying like babe hey babe and i didn't hear it. and then she says nate and uh i i heard i'm like oh junk here's my family and it was just the perfect time so i ran over hugged my family and kissed my daughters kissed my wife said hello to my dog and i looked up and my son is at the starting line for his his little trifecta that he was earning for the kids Spartan race. I'm like the perfect, you know, up until that point, guys, I was so frustrated that it had taken me that long to get there. Cause we're just kind of injuring along, limping along, but I couldn't have been there at the better, at a better time. See my family, see my son start his race. It just, it just fired me all the way up to finish that thing. It was fantastic, dude. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Is that the longest one you've done? Uh, yeah, I haven't done the ultras yet. Um, I, I, I'm a, ultras guys are, they make me nervous. Right? I'll do them. Okay. I'm with you. Like, I'll, let's go. Let's David Goggins this thing. I hear you. But there's a guy from our region named no help. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but no help did like a, a hundred miler up here in the forest, Harbison state forest. It's called the hairy bison or something like that. 
And uh, I was supposed to go run 20 miles with no help. And so I went to the woods and he was at mile uh, 40 when I met with him. And I just got to do 20 miles, get him through his next cycle, and we're going to send him on the way. Well, at mile 48 or 58, whatever mile it was, he went 18 miles from, from when I got with him. He started going catatonic, guys. He started going lights are on, but nobody's home. I'm trying to feed him cheeseburgers and sing him POD songs and maybe throw in some Nickelback. I'm just trying to lift Nickelback. I came so ill prepared, you know. I, like I just, I was, I had a speaker and some cheeseburgers, and I was just trying to up this guy's spirits. And he was in a dark place. Uh-huh. I mean, he's got blood dripping down, dripping down his shorts. You know, he's chafed out, and he's just going catatonic so he calls and he's like we need to i need i need to end this call the guy so he hands me the phone and i call the race director and it's three o'clock in the morning and the race director says all right we're gonna get you out of there i need you to find the water tower and from the water tower you'll find the cell tower with the blinking red light i said buddy it's three o'clock in the morning i'm in the middle of the woods with a guy that can't tell me his name you gotta get me out of here right now <laughs> and i've run out of cheeseburgers <laughs> So we cut across the woods, man. I got no help in my arm. We're just drifting through the woods. There's wildebeest running everywhere. <laughs> I found this this beautiful, beautiful water tower. It was like salvation, man. It was just glowing, <laughs> man. It was oh, it was freedom, man. And so I got there and I see the blinking light off in the distance. I'm traversing through the wilderness at three o'clock in the morning with the delusional man, and I said, I will never. Do an ultra, never, because of this right here. <laughs> I've heard similar stories. Yeah, I don't. Fifty k, fifty miles. I think that would be the limit. I mean, I've I've, I've seen pictures and heard stories of guys that do the, you oh know, seventy five and a hundred milers, and it, it it just doesn't seem. I I I don't know like a good where idea. To start with this story because I can't believe you were carrying cheeseburgers. Like, Wait, can we go what, back to the Nickelback? Well, like, who's Tod? <laughs> TOD? Yeah, who's that? POD. POD. Remember, here comes the boom, POD. No, yeah. who are they? It's, All right, never mind. Yeah. Can you sing for me? Here comes the boom, right? Oh, yeah. okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's it. <laughs> I can't name any other songs. I can't, I can't go with any other songs. What? Do they have anything else besides that? No. Okay. Uh, One Hit Wonders? Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Well, you came prepared. You had cheeseburgers. Yeah, I'm like, sing this Nickelback song. You're going to feel better, man. He's, he's probably telling you to shut up. <laughs> we got introduced to the Nickelback songs, man. Come on. <laughs> well, Nickelback, I've heard of. That's all right. You have, yeah. All right. Oh, by the way, just on a side note, I made a new playlist for Ooh. my next cue. Oh, looking yeah. forward to that. Dancing Queen's in there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, so, so is he like? Is he able to walk to get out? Are you like carrying this dude or? He's walking. He's just very stumbly. And, and if he's if he ever listens to this, he did a fantastic job. Not taking anything from him, he did a great job. And uh, he would just beat up and and depleted and tired and and probably needed more nutrition than those cheeseburgers that I brought. And I actually went back for cheeseburgers because I showed up. I got this weird pre race race day tradition. The day before I race, I eat Miyabi's Junior chicken and rice, and it's just my go-to meal. It's always done me good. Protein and carbs, it's great. So I brought grilled teriyaki and fried rice for him on this run, thinking that would help, and he's like, I can't eat that. 
I'm like, what do you mean you can't eat them? This is good stuff, man. So I actually went back and got Sonic cheeseburgers <laughs> and brought them back. So I had a sack full of Sonic cheeseburgers. I shoved him in my backpack. Uh-huh. Trying to show, trying to baby bird him as he was in his delusional state. I'm like, open, ah, okay, here it comes. I swallow, chew, chew, chew. All right, good, 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 good. Look at this photograph. Here comes the boom. So uh, this is a high impact man. He's going back to Sonic to help his buddy out to get burgers on his ultra. Uh, was this his first ultra? No, he had done several in the past. He'd done go ruck, he'd done selection, he'd done all these things. Uh, you know, he was more than qualified to, to run this hundred miles. And uh it just all the things caved in. <laughs> Sorry, my dog was growling, I just tapped dial up, he was kicking her. Not not hard, not just playfully, but <laughs> Well that's that's pretty awesome, man. You <laughs> you definitely are a high impact man. Now you're you're doing running these races. So what's your running routine like during the week? How many miles are you so, when, when I'm when I'm training for an event, I just do a, a typical workout, man. And this last one, I had gotten so heavy into weight training that I was neglecting the runs, and it was hard to find this balance yeah. of, of letting these gains go and going back to a run. And I was on the phone with somebody from Twitter the other day, and I was asking him, I said, hey, buddy, what's the what's the, a running goal that you have? What would you like to see done? He said, a half marathon. And I said, well, okay, great, man. What's the furthest you've been in the last year? He said, at first I've been is five miles. I said, all right, listen, you need to set a goal, right? You need to 10 miles, right? And just get out there. You need to test yourself. And you're going to get miserable. You guys know this. You're going to get to that point where you're not, you're not, you don't think you're going to make it, but you're not going to die. So I said, whatever distance you do, I'll do with you. And I knew I had the Spartan coming up and he said, let's do, let's do a half marathon. I'm like, Okay, let's do it. So I hadn't trained up to a 5K to that point. So I just went out and ran the half marathon. And I had just got done reading David Goggins' book about our our 40% factor. I don't know if you guys have read that before. But he says when you feel like you're at that quit point, you're probably only at 40%. So I'm like, okay, all right, let's just see. you know. And it was miserable. Guys, I had put on 25 pounds from my running condition to gain weight. And to try to go out there and slug through a half marathon at an eight and a half or a nine minute pace, it was awful. You know, I, I got pains now in my knees. I got pains now in my shins. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not a runner anymore or am I just being a chump? So what kept me going was this guy I had reached out to. I challenged him to go a half marathon. How could I quit and say I only made it eight, only made it nine, only made it 11? You're going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so I did it and that started working up the training. But I can tell you, do not train like I'm training for running because I'm just doing it very sporadically, right? Yeah. A lot of lifting, run when I want to. Probably usually on a Sunday and a Wednesday, I'll run, which is terrible for a workup. Yeah. But the only the only thing I have coming up now is damn to damn in February. So I'm going to work up to, to that. And that might be a – you might get 20 miles between your four legs that we run for that. So it won't be too bad. What was harder, uh, the 13-mile the Spartan or the, the half marathon? The, the half marathon, just because my mind wasn't there, I kind of know what's going into a Spartan, you know, and, and even when I got there on the Spartan, my cousin had fallen. So you almost get that reprieve, like you're, you're helping somebody along. So you're not, yeah. you're not pushing yourself to the full limit. So you kind of had a reprieve. But when I'm out there by myself and knowing I've got to do something that I'm not prepared to do for a guy that I said I would, man, that's a, that's a mental beat down, dude. You know, that's a, that's a yeah. tough spot. But how am I ever going to call a man to be more if I cannot give more myself, if I cannot do it myself. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, wow. That's, I'm, I'm out of breath 
And I didn't even talk. I'm not doing all the talking. <laughs> From laughing and that. Yeah, I know. That's Good great. episode. Good hey, episode. Um, so a couple questions for you. Uh, unless you have anything else dialed up. No, you. no. Let's hit them with the so, good ones. So I want to ask you, uh, if you had uh, pick somebody, could be somebody from the distant past, you know, somebody who's not alive anymore, somebody now, whatever, who would you say would be sort of your uh, idol, your hero, somebody inspired you? Who would that be? I've got a mentor here in Columbia. Um, his, his name is PD. His Darren Hyman. And I call him PD. And he was my youth pastor when I was coming up. And he left and moved away and went to go uh, be a, a leader at this college, a professor at this college, came back to Columbia. And if you ever met in all of your church time or your F3 time or your business, a man that you would say embodies the five pillars or the seven pillars of a man, integrity, honesty, character, loyalty, dependability, right? These, these pillars that make up a man. Have you met that man? And how many have you met in the course of your entire life? Not too many. Five. Yeah. Right. Handful. Ten. Yeah. You can count them on one or two hands for sure. Is that not the saddest thing in the world? It is. That yeah. these men are so few and far between. So PD for me embodied those pillars you know, what it means to love a wife, what it means to love your children, what it means to love your God, what it means to love your ministry, what it means to, to take your health seriously. And embodying those those pillars and those principles is something that I've wanted to emulate. So this person for me has been a catalyst for growth. And uh, I owe much of my my bearing and my mindset and my viewpoints to to him for sure. Cool. Nice. Well, that's that's amazing. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited to hear uh, when people choose, you know, their dad or uh, somebody they know, or um, you know, s- especially if it's it's a previous teacher, coach, youth pastor, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff, it's it's really cool. I hope he knows. I hope he listens to his podcast. I'll send him a link. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, the last last uh, question I have for you, I think it's the last one. Oh, you got any other questions? No, right. but who knows what could come up between. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I this frequently say going. this and then we got more, right? He might have top dread as far as laughter. Yeah, I don't, it's pretty so. good. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciate, uh, you know, everything you do. You're definitely a high impact man. I Absolutely. mean, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're preaching the Bible. You're, you're holding out the word of God. You're trying to love and lead your family well. Uh, you're setting an example. You're out there with your brothers. You're picking up the six. I mean, that's an ultimate pick up the six, right? Yeah, how about I'm going to go meet you and run the last ten, 20 miles. A ten, 10 mile pick up the six. I got some, you know, rice and chicken for you. you know, oh, like that's, that. yeah, that too, yeah. I'm going to go get some chick, some cheeseburger for you. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so last question is, this is your chance to speak to the men of America. And believe it or not, we're listening to around the world. Truly. We got, we got little dots on the map to prove it. <laughs> but the men of America, uh, if you had to, Give a message to the men of America. What's your message? The tendency of American males is is to go listless and to go gray. And one of my missions and what I feel like God's put me on this earth to do is to call men back to a place of passion, of purpose, and existence towards a goal, existence towards the prize. As Paul talks about running like you were going to obtain a prize. If you neglect your your powerhouse passions, your principles, your pillars, 
you will go gray and listless and just begin to exist as a male. Your marriage won't have passion. Your ministry will be nothing. Your job will be what it is and just something you do and hope to collect a check from and retire from when you reach a certain age. There will be nothing of color in your life if you do not feed the passion that God has put in you. So one of the callings that I feel like I have is to call the man out of the gray mode. Get out of the cave. Go back to what God's called you to do. Put your hand on something. And I tell people this often. You might look at all of what your life has become, that mountain of problems, those struggles, your marriage, those situations, the financial issues, your health, your fitness, whatever it may be. And it's so big and it's so pervasive. You can't move that mountain just by looking at it and staring at it. But you can pick up that first stone right in front of you that you can handle and control and move that first stone. And a thousand yeses later, you look back and there's a pile of stones back there that you've moved one by one. It starts right now. Don't ignore it. Address it. Nice. Yeah. Just do what's in front of you, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it reminds me you of- You got to get uh, this guy on the, on the road doing motivational speaking at know, church and stuff like that. It reminds me of a guy from the power team that used to come yeah, yeah. to our church. Yeah, the power team, I, they don't exist anymore, but they used to come do uh, feats of strength at churches yeah. and present the gospel. Cool stuff, yeah. Yeah, they like, rip a phone book and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Steve Carrier, that's his name. Yeah, it took Steve me a little Carrier. bit to take that. Yeah, I watched him fold up uh, a frying pan like a to- like a burrito, and so I went home and tried it. My wife was, like, yelling at me, but I tried. I, I, got, a, I got it moved a little bit, dented it just a little bit. I couldn't really do it, though. <laughs> um, so that's really cool. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a great message. And it reminds me of uh, a book that Henry Blackaby wrote years ago, uh, and I'm not going to remember the title of it. Uh, but basically, he said, you know, people are looking for uh, purpose. And what does God want me to do? Well, you got to look around. God's at work. God has not stopped working, waiting for you. He's at work right around you, and you need to see where he's working and get involved. You know, wherever you, where you're, where you could apply, as you said, Postal, you apply your gifts and talents uh, to doing the work of God and serving others. So, yeah. great message. So I, I did come up with another question, though. I wanted to ask you, uh, since you've been involved with F3, uh, how long ago did you start? F- forgive me, I forgot. It's been about five years now. Okay. So how long, since you've been involved with F3, how has F3 helped you uh, as a leader? That's, I, that's a great question. I feel like F3 presents the opportunities for you to become a leader that your your group needs, your AO needs, right? And as you post and as you get out in the gloom, you see where those gaps are. And you're either going to step into that role or you're going to let somebody else step into that role. And in F3, there's there's such a shortage of those high-impact men that, that need to fill the roles because it's such a demand. And, and a high-impact man might go out to the gloom. He might post a good bit and feel the claws sink into him because that need is so heavy, yeah. right? Yeah. It, pre- it, it presents you an opportunity to be the leader that you're called to be. It's helped me a ton with uh, the, the this dichotomy of, of finishing first and helping the last. Yeah. You know, like you said, catching the six um, – Man, that, that, that right there is what I, what I feel makes the leader. When that man goes back and could care less about his time, could care less about what time he finishes, could care less about who's watching him or how many reps he's done or whatever, and he goes back and makes that last guy feel like he's the first guy. Yeah. And I saw that emulated from a few guys in my region. I said, I want, I want that. You know, I don't, I don't care if I get miss a workout. So – Several times I, I, over the course of F3, man, I'd show up an hour before to help a guy run a 5K. 
you know, and you're talking about uh, what what some guys can do in 25 minutes before boot camp was taking us an hour, but but the value that came from that hour was far more impactful than sometimes the workout itself. And another thing that's that's risen to the top with F3 is is the the devotion side, man. I don't know if you guys do a devo when you get done with your workout, and it's not the the prerequisite. You know, you can you can do whatever you want when you when you cue. But I was like, man, there needs to be a spiritual heartbeat as well to this nation. And so ramping up a Devo, giving guys the opportunity and to, to, to lead with their spiritual giftings as well. So those two elements, catching the six, man, and bringing back a Devo, not modifying what matters. Uh, that's been a huge, huge aspect for me in the leadership of F3. It's actually led three of us here to write this, this Devo that we're going to try to put out for the nation a hundred devos, hundred five minute devos to do in the gloom or something like that and get something in these guys' hands that they can just say, all right, I'm going to open it up. It's going to have the word of God in it. And we're going to not neglect this devotion at the end of a workout. It's, it matters. Some guys, this might be the only gospel or Jesus they're hearing all week, dude. Yeah. Don't neglect it. Give it to them. Give it out. God's given to you. Give it out, man. Give it away. Amen. All right. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So we, we do uh, sometimes. So on Wednesdays, we, we, we shorten our workout to 30 minutes. And then the last 30 minutes, we do discussion time. Uh, we borrowed that from Katie, Texas. Yeah. And then um, when I, and it depends on the cue, like you said, but when I cue, I, I try, I don't always do it, but most of the time, I think I bring some kind of message and try to bring scripture, you know, into it because it's so, it's so powerful and it's so real and it's so true. And I love that quote, don't modify what matters. Yeah. I love it. All right, so what we have here is a Spartan race running, a hula hoeing, <laughs> a pick up the six with cheeseburger. Jesus loving. Jesus loving. Bible preaching, preaching. Bible preaching. Inspirational high impact man. Yeah. All right. Hey, Postal, it was awesome having you on, brother. It's great to get to know you. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much, man. Sure it's great to get to know you. And I'm telling you, I predict... That this episode, somebody's going to see it somewhere, and they're going to say, "We need to get this guy." Yep. We need to, get to bring this guy along. Let's go. Bring it. Yes, sir. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, brother. See you, man. Hey, love you guys. Thank y'all so much for having me on, man. I hope to one day be in your region, and I'll call you up and say, "Hey, I'm coming. I got this telephone pole with me." We're Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I'd rather come down to Lexington in, in South Carolina. Yeah, how about it? Yeah, you don't but want to come up here right now. It's welcome anytime, brother. 19 degrees this morning at our yeah. <laughs> AO. All right. Love you, man. See you, man. All right. Thanks, guys. God bless y'all. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.